People like you refer to me uh, as that because I, I work really, really hard at what I do to produce the best result, not just for me, not just for my family, but everyone involved. I, I try to create winning situations for everyone. Welcome to Revelations, the place where we communicate truth to power. I am Cole Johnson, and I am so glad you're able to join us. Our next guest is a podcaster's godsend. He hosts these wonderful podcasts in the Philadelphia area. He is the host of the Dreamers podcast, which actually is getting a tweak to the name. What does that mean? You'll find out in this interview that I had with... No, 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 no. Super Joe Pardo. Joe is his name. And this is his revelation. Oh, Cole, thank you so much for having me on the show. I, I really appreciate it. And, um, I, you know, I I appreciate the fact that people uh, speak highly of me. I, it, it means a lot to me. Uh, it's one of the reasons I do so much, so much in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it shows. Just when, when people mention you and your name or you and your brand, I, I, the positive vibes just oozes from them. So, you know, when I, when I heard about you and heard about all this other stuff that you were doing, I said, okay, well, what is it about this guy? And I have to get you on. I was like, man, if I get a chance to talk to Joe, it'd be great. So now I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here. I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to answer any questions that you have related to anything. I know I have a, a big catalog of stings, stings, things to talk <laughs> about. So, um, you know, it's come, come at me, bro. All right. I love that. I love that. Okay. So you are a Jersey guy. Now, which part of Jersey are we talking about? Are we talking about Jersey near New York or Jersey near Philly? Exit two, to be almost exact. Uh, so that's on the turnpike is exit two. I'm right outside of Philadelphia. If you go about a mile and a half down the road, you can actually, it's like up on a hill and you can actually see the Philly skyline. Okay. Nice, nice, nice. And I know a few who who uh, live in the New Jersey side of Philly and uh, the Philly people. side of New Jersey. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. The Philly side of New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. The Philly side of New Jersey. Yeah. And, and yeah, interesting conversations I've had with them and I already can tell them have another one with you. So did you grow up around that area? Yeah, I, I actually grew up in the house, uh, that I'm, I'm taking this call from. I, uh, I bought it from my dad back in 2009, uh, cause he was looking to get into a different house and I grew up in this house and I, I pretty much have lived all of my life. I moved here when I was like six. So it was like 92 was when I moved here. Um, and, and yeah, it's been, it, I have no intentions of leaving anytime soon. Love, love South Jersey. Um, I don't, I, there's a lot of things about South Jersey I don't like, but you know, it, it's home. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, uh, okay. What is, what is one of the things about South Jersey that you love? Oh, that I love. I love that within an hour to an hour and a half, actually with an, between an hour to two hours, 
I could be in Atlantic City, Ocean City, so like the Jersey Shore, um, the real Jersey Shore, not the one that was, you know, on TV. Uh, I could be in New York in an hour and a half. I can be in Philly in 10 minutes. I can be in DC in like a little over two hours. I can be in Baltimore in an hour and a half. Uh, I have like several international airports within an hour drive. I have an international airport 20 minutes from my house. Um, it's just so. Like if there was a if New York City was Rome, I I live not far from Rome. Yeah, yeah, in a suburb, right? <laughs> in a suburb wow. that costs yeah. dramatically less than what it costs to live outside, just outside of New mm-hmm. York. Yeah, I was going to say it probably is a lot more affordable than being near quote Rome close quote. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wow, that well, that's one that's one good benefit. Uh, and the last time I was in Philadelphia has been so long. Uh, it's been so, 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 so long. Uh, We're going to have to but- change that for MapCon in September, by the way. Just just so you know. Well, you heard it, ladies and gentlemen. In, in about 11 months' time, I'll probably be making my way there <laughs> <laughs> to visit Philly for the first time in a long time. There you go. <laughs> it, it misses you, Cole. It, it, it does, man, because when I visited there, I, I, I grew up in Houston. And when I visited uh, Philly, a lot of the energy that Philadelphia has, Houston has too. And, I, and I, all I kept thinking was, man, this is so familiar. I just feel so familiar here. It just is a, it's a vibe that, that almost embraced me as soon as I, as soon as I touched Philly soil, I was like, wow, I, I really am feeling this because it feels like Houston. It literally does. So yeah, uh, you don't realize how much that phrase really means to me when you actually say if it, it, it misses me because I miss mm-hmm. it. I really do. I really do. Hey, right. Do you still have family in Houston? Were they, and if so, were they affected by the storm? I, I do. I do have family who uh, lives in Houston, and they were unfortunately affected by Hurricane mm-hmm. Harvey. Not nearly as bad as I've heard in others, uh, and uh, very fortunate. Very fortunate. Uh, but uh, the 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 effects were adverse, and it was slight. So I'm glad that it wasn't such a big, 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 devastating. Uh, uh, rebuilding that they have to undergo now, but uh, it, it it was one of those storms that you when you go uh, when you go through that and you experience it, it it definitely shapes you differently for the future. No matter if you suffered little damage or extreme damage, so yeah, I appreciate you asking me that. Thank you, thank you. Oh, no problem. I'm glad I'm glad that they uh, that they dodged the the proverbial bullet on that. Yeah, um, I am too. I have friends that that were not so lucky uh, down there, wow. so. It's um, yeah, it, it's it's crazy to think that in, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a first world problem or a third world problem, like the storm doesn't care. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's going to come and, and wreak havoc uh, or wreak havoc regardless. Yeah. Yeah. That's the unfortunate part. Uh, that's the unfortunate part. The fortunate part and the blessed part is you realize how world how small the world is and you get this outpouring of love where no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, you want to help them. And that has been really the biggest plus in all of that. Uh, seemingly the, the world has opened their doors to Houston and that has been a big plus, a big time plus. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, definitely. All right. So you grew up in South Jersey. Uh, did you have any plans wanting to move anywhere else but there? No, nope. I, I, uh, I mean, I, I moved away for one year, uh, and I lived like two towns over. So, um, and then I came back to after I bought the house. So, no, I've just been, just been here. 
I have no no plans on leaving. I, I think part of the thing is is um, it's the school systems like like mm-hmm. I and and it's also family too. Like you know, all my family's out of out of basically South Philly, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, so so yeah like having all the family here in south jersey and south philly it's it's uh it's home right um but if i had to pick a place i i I mean we've looked at like north carolina like raleigh area um and even florida but the school systems suck so having a kid and having another one on the way it's just Mm -hmm. like that doesn't it just doesn't make sense like i don't care how much money i'm saving because my taxes are crazy high uh you know it, the school systems need to need to be better. Oh yeah, 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 and of course that's a big, big reason as to why people, especially when you have families, you have a wife, you have, like you said, one on the way and already one here. Yeah, that's a big, big, big thing. And if uh, the school if the school systems aren't strong enough, well, why move yourself to a position where you want to put where you're going to put your children at disadvantageous positions just because an area looks pretty? Yeah, I totally. Or, get or it's a lot cheaper, <laughs> right? Or it's a lot less expensive. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. All right, okay. So, talk to me about your upbringing. Uh, how was it? Uh, how how was it living in the Pardo household? Uh, <laughs> so uh, so so my my parents got divorced at the age of six. Um, which definitely uh, definitely played a role in in my uh, co- you know coming up upbringing. Um. So, so a lot of that time, I, I lived with my dad uh, here at this house, and um, it you know it was just me and him. So th- it was, it, I think it was definitely a learning process for both of us. Um, you know, he he was he, you know running a business uh, with my grandfather, uh, so time was always it was always tough and stretched. Um, you know, I I, I think. You know, I, 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 I believe that, you know, he did the best that he could with the time that he had, uh, that we were able to, to be here. Um, you know, I'd go and, and, and see my mom on, uh, it was like every other weekend or whatever. But, um, you know, g- growing up really, uh, re- a lot of it revolved around, for me, it revolved around a couple of things. Computers, <laughs> for sure. Uh, you know, from early age, uh, about like you know five six years old, even even younger than that, uh, interested in in electronics and how things work. Growing up in '86, or right. starting you know being born in '86, um, by the time I was like six, it was uh, you know the internet was starting to come around. I had a friend that uh, you know he his dad was an IT guy, so he had lots of computers around the house, and I eventually got my first computer. Um, and then it also revolved around the the business. Um, it was uh it, part of his truck service parts, uh, which eventually went on to become one of the uh, actually the largest on the East Coast independently owned uh, truck parts uh, distributor uh, on the East Coast. Oh wow! But yeah. um, but yeah, so it, it it was it was it's interesting. Like uh, starting from around the age of six, I started working in the warehouse and um door, mostly during the summers because we were just too far away for like someone to come pick me up and it, you know it was like a 20 minute drive each way or whatever so um <clears throat> so i didn't i only worked there in the the summers growing up but uh learned a lot of a lot of skills a lot of people skills a lot of personal skills uh from the people that that i met there and 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 of course my grandfather my dad and um and all that so you know that that's uh and and of course to go along with the computers like you know the whole reason I would like computers so much is I got to play games on them <laughs> mm-hmm. makes sense i mean who didn't want to play Oregon Trail right 
<laughs> Makes sense. Oh, so which gaming system did you like most? Uh, I mean, when I was uh really young, it was it was you know Nintendo and and Sega Genesis, and then it, it went to Super Nintendo, and then then um eventually I think I had a PlayStation eventually, but it was you know along that line, it's just um kind of back and forth but uh but really for me like pc games were it come 1994 95 um that's really where i spent like most of my time playing games oh man the pc games it's been a while since i heard that term and now i'm getting <laughs> now i'm getting these images of, of those games way back when wow okay <laughs> yeah yeah the duke nukem's the uh yeah. the doom quake one um uh creatures if you ever played creatures uh uh i i i fell in love with uh sim city you know i i will write i think you know helped change my life uh with with the sim sim city series uh you know i, I those all, all those games roller coaster tycoon i i mean there's probably a ton of them that i i can't even think of off the top of my head at the moment but um uh, dungeon keeper, resource management games, things of that nature, just really uh, brought that technical side out of me. Hmm. Okay, <clears throat> because I was one to ask, how did podcasting come into play with that? Now I'm starting to see it. Now it's starting to crystallize. Ah, okay. You had a you had a computer interest. Okay, sounds really interesting. So I can I can blow your mind a little bit more. Um, Please. <laughs> Uh, by the age of six, uh, my I was I uh, I, I clearly remember a, a time where I was at my grandparents' house and crying on the floor um, because I, I I realized that I was the only boy uh, and I was like oh well, I'm expected to take over the family business and um, and it didn't look like anybody else was coming up like there, nobody else was potentially going to have kids. I mean you know I was six but. But I was crying on the floor because, uh, to my grandparents about this because I, I wanted to be a child psychologist, uh, mm. to help other kids that were going through divorce like I was. Um, that was until I found out like, you know, a few years later that like, well, you realize you're going to have to be in school for like 10 years. And I'm like, Oh God, school. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> so, so I was like, scratch that plan. Um, but, but to go along with the pot, how I ended up in podcasting. You know, ten uh by the age of ten I fell in love with, with, with DJing. Um, you know, oh, I used to listen to the radio and listen to uh like the, the nighttime radio where they would play like in the club mixes and right. I I fell in love with that. I used to tape record them and play them back later because I'm like, wow, these songs sound like what's on the radio, but they're like totally different. Uh and and that to me was just awesome. So uh, that's where like the music uh, love came from about the age of 10. Now, I didn't get to become a DJ until about 17. Um, and DJing for me really helped bring me out of my shell. And, and it, it really gave me the skills to to get in front of people and be confident in what I'm doing and, and all that. And because I, I would do like DJ battles and things of that nature. Um, <clears throat> so if you fast forward, that was in like 2004. You fast forward to 2014, 10 years later, um, I just came out with my first DJ album. Uh, it's a, it's still available uh, for download. It's called Adventuratorium. It's a mashup between Disney music and, and hip-hop instrumentals to tell the story of Pixar's Up. Uh, so basically, I say it's Up the Musical. Uh, yeah, it's, it's about it's almost like an hour and 45 minutes long. So it's a lot of music to tell the story. Um, 
and and uh, that had just come out. And I had been listening to podcasts, well, specifically one podcast uh, since 2005 uh, called WDW Today because I'm a huge Disney head. Oh. And so this album's coming out. I've reached out to like 120 podcasts, excuse me, uh, to get the word out there, all Disney podcasts. And uh, so I was I was on a plane to Disney World, oddly enough, uh, talking to my friend Martin. We're, we're heading down to run a race because I, I love uh, running and, and doing races. And um, I was like, hey, you know, is there any other shows from this list that, you, you know, you could think of that I missed or couldn't find? He named a couple and he's like, oh, well, there's this other show and they they just do interviews with like entrepreneurs. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I was like, I never thought about like a show that just does interviews. To me, it was always like, oh, they, like I'm going on these roundtable discussion shows to be a guest so that I can promote the album. Um, and what ended up happening was he was, uh, was, I was like, wow, well, like I could totally do that. Now at this point, I was one month removed from leaving my family's business, uh, which at the time was a hundred million dollar, uh, organization of five companies made up of five companies. Mm. Um, so, so I was like, oh man, like I do, I could do this, but I, I, you know, I, I love business and I love numbers and I love, you know, processes and stuff. But I was like, I, at the time I was like, you know, I'm trying to figure out what it is that I want to be when I grow up. Started this show called the Dreamers Podcast. By, by the time the plane landed, I whipped out my phone. I registered the domain name, the Twitter handle and the Facebook page before we got to the rental car. Two weeks later, I, re- I reached out to my, my guy, uh, Al Kessel, who, uh, he's my Mr. Voice at the end of every episode. <laughs> and uh i was like hey look i i know you know i i built i've been building websites since 96 like i like i know what i'm doing technically i know how to record audio dj blah 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 but what are the pieces that i'm missing we jumped on a uh a, we jumped on a call like a, a couple days later after i got back and he gave me the the pieces i was missing to uh to 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 do this you know to get the show online basically right so went ahead Build out my website, put it all together, and two weeks from the time I registered the domain name and the Facebook page and the Twitter handle, my show was launched, The Dreamers Podcast. Wow. Three and a half <laughs> years later, here we are. <laughs> wow. So all this was spawned by your love of DJing. <laughs> what well, love of Disney, actually. So if you go, love if you go Disney. like back, it all, all goes back to like taking those Disney trips with my my family when I was really young, uh, right. and falling in love with the place, Disney World specifically. All right. Well, since we're on Disney, what's your favorite movie? Uh well, it'll be up. I mean, I, I my first album was based around the movie Up, um, it, and that's Pixar, obviously. But I mean, if I if you Forced me to pick a Disney movie. Uh, I don't know. That's that's kind of hard. Um, I, I would say that Moana now is probably probably my favorite. Yeah, I would say Up for me is probably my favorite too. Uh, hmm, it's interesting. Uh, and, and you know, and I was think asking that question, I was thinking to myself, well, what would be my favorite outside of the Pixar's? Mm. And I have a hard time picking it. Hard time choosing myself. You know, so hmm, you're making me think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So your love of Disney fueled this wonderful podcast that you have now uh seemingly to me that's not the only thing that helped you uh have this podcast get jump started i'm seeing this thread of your of uh your family's business come into play too because i'm seeing a lot of entrepreneurial stuff with you now so how did pardo's truck and uh, truck service parts uh and warehouse fuel what we see now with uh super joe pardo well and good, and good on you getting the name right because I know it's a super long, it's a really long name. Um, I don't, I, I don't know the story as to why it wasn't just called like Pardo's Truck Parts. Right, it's Pardo's Truck Service Parts 
Warehouse Inc. was the official name. Um, you know, how that played a part. So, uh, you know, I learned so much from growing up and in, in, in being around the business. My grandfather was, uh, you know, if, if the if the company had two all-stars, it was my grandfather on the inside and my dad on the outside. He was the salesman that that uh fueled the fire from the outside with sales and my my grandfather was on the inside you know the the inventory side and the um the like the the numbers and and all that and the making the deals and 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 my dad with the marketing and the sales so um you know growing up i i kind of uh i just let myself fall into place there because you know i wasn't really a big fan of school um so you know, I, I ended up staying there, but I, I'm glad that I did because I learned so much that I would never have learned uh, probably any other way other than just doing it myself and, and making a ton of mistakes along the way. Not to say that we didn't make a lot of mist- mistakes uh, at the company, but you know, we despite all that, we still made, we still made it to be uh, very very large. I would say so. Uh, many many businesses tied to it. Yeah, I would say it's large. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So what made you ultimately want to steer away from the business altogether? Well, a lot of it dealt with burnout. Um, there was a lot um, going on towards the last three years of me being there. My grandfather had passed uh, after my grandfather, or actually before my grandfather even passed away. Um, there was just a lot of uh, a lot of like unresolved issues. Well, my grandfather was great at doing what he was doing. He one of the things he lacked at was like teaching other people. Um, and, and it, 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 it kind of slowed us down, like our progress down when he, when he started to step away from the company. Um, and so, so I, over time, I, I started to, to build out some of these, these processes and I became the operations manager as well as the IT director. Uh, as well as I think at the same time, I was doing one day a week going out on sales calls at one of our locations that was like an hour from the shop. Um, so, there were there was just uh it was just a, a lot of burnout um you know leading up to it, i i was investing a, a ton of time i was uh i would be at work at 8 a.m uh and we were we were adjusting our inventory levels so um because right at the time we had like over almost six million dollars in inventory and uh, while you know our sales were there it, the it didn't um, a lot of that inventory was old. It was, you know, not in the right place at the right time and things of that nature. So what I did was I, I, uh, I, I built out an algorithm in our computer system, working with our computer company, like the, the, uh, software side to, to build out a better inventory program. Like they had one in there, but it just wasn't very complete. I don't think many of their customers were even using it um in fact my grandfather was pretty adamant about never using it and and he had really good concerns about it but uh i worked really really hard and closely with them to to get the changes needed to make it so that we could use this computer program so instead of printing out like hundreds of pages of reports on what inventory we had we could run a program that you know basically dialed in what we should be stocking in each of the locations and then we did returns back to our our hub our main warehouse and then redistributed the parts in 
in under two years time, we went from um, just shy of, excuse me, $6 million uh, in inventory down to uh, just under three. And every single month in that timeline, we still purchased a million dollars or more per month. So we were taking in, you know, uh, give or take a million uh, every single month. Yet our inventory continued to go down and down and down and down and down. Um, cause we didn't need, you know, we, we were placing orders with our vendors every single week. You don't need to have $6 million in inventory just sitting around gathering dust. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, well, so I'd come in and I'd have to be in the warehouse, taking that inventory out of the crates, putting it up on the shelf, getting it checked in. By four o'clock, I was doing the paperwork that I was supposed to be doing across the entire day, go home, eat, go out for a run. And by like eight or eight 30, I would, uh, be, Back at my computer, uh, rerunning the algorithm, trying to get it right um, till like two in the morning. So, so going through that for many, many months, uh, like I think it was like three or four months, maybe maybe even longer than that. I had to I had to go back. Now that you, now that uh, I'm thinking about it, I had to go back and figure out like what the um, what the real time frame was. But it but it was probably about actually it was probably like it probably was closer to nine months. Uh, off and on, like running like that. Because also, what happened in that time was um, uh, Hurricane Sandy happened and right. put one of our our locations in North Jersey, just outside of New York, under uh five foot of water. So we we were driving back and forth for two weeks, uh, many many hours up there, cleaning out shelves and cleaning the whole building top to bottom, uh, to get it to get it back, and then trying to get the inventory in because it didn't have flood insurance because it was in a you know, a low water table place, um. That would flood like all the time, but l- just a little bit. Like you put stuff up on pallets and to get it off the floor and it'd be fine. But, but yeah, it, uh, we lost a lot of money in that, in that building. Mm. So all that, um, and there was just a lot of other things going on between, you know, me and my dad didn't really get along at the time. Um, we really didn't see eye to eye on how things were, were being handled and operated. And, um, it just burnt me out to the point where I, it was 2013 in August. I said, uh, I, I went over to his house to tell him that I was going to start going back to school, uh, to get my uh, associate's degree and, um, and that I was going to be stepping away at some point in the not too distant future. And then it was a, a mad dash to figure out what the heck I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> uh, and my last day was April 2nd, 2014. Wow. Mm, wow. So your last day was there. There was April. Mm hmm. And it was it was longer than I should I should have left sooner <laughs> because things got really toxic, especially after I missed the January first, la- like the, my last day being like Jan- December thirty first. Mm-hmm. I uh, mm-hmm. I missed that date. Well, well, yeah, considering you were juggling so much, man, it almost sounds like you had a twenty hour day. And wow, to do that for that long of a time, yeah, uh, it's credit to you that you <laughs> that you're still up and running yeah. now. Wow. Good yeah, God. yeah. And then it was even longer after that once I got. Once I figured out what I wanted to do with the like the podcast and writing books and speaking and hosting conferences and um and building courses out and and consulting and and coaching you know solo entrepreneurs like the hours just got longer and longer. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. Wow. So you mentioned that your last day at Pardos was April. And then you started the Dreamers podcast the very next month. Yeah, May 20th, I believe, is the day that it started. Mm-hmm. So how was your mind frame when you started that, considering that you just uh, left your family's business? Uh, it took it took a good week. Um, it took a good week for me to to get uh, 
well, actually, it probably took closer to two to three weeks before I finally like calmed down from the situation. Like, cause I wasn't happy. Like, I wasn't happy about it. To me, like, I still wanted to be there and doing the things that I was doing and working with some of the some of the people that I was working with. Not, uh, not necessarily all of them at the time, but um, you know, the part of the part of the thing was was uh, you have to remember, like, I was twenty, twenty four, twenty five, twenty six at the time. So, um, you know, when you're trying to talk to people about like, Hey, we should be doing this and this is how we're going to do this. And, and this is why we're going to do this. Um, you, you know, you have to be able to keep in mind that like the people that you're trying to talk to have been there as long as you've been alive. Um, so it's really difficult to, to, especially, you know, in your, your early twenties to really comprehend what you're, you know, to me, like I, to me, I don't care about being right. I care about the product or the offer or the the process being right. And and I didn't get everything right. In fact, there was that input on on that algorithm from some of our managers and stuff that I I was really grateful for. I mean, um, I pushed back a lot, and I and and they pushed back as well, and it 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 helped um, it helped forge some of the changes that came that came forward. Uh, in the process. So, you know, I, I think having, uh, that communication and, and hearing, you know, hearing people out is a, is, is an invaluable skill for getting it right. Um, cause at the time, like, I, I still, like, it didn't matter to me if I was right or wrong, but, uh, what, what really did matter was it getting it right. But at the same time, like, when, when you're trying to bring about change and er- everybody is like constantly Debbie down and you, it doesn't help. Like it, it doesn't open my mind or or the person that's in my position's mind to to listen. Um, and and that's something that I've learned. Uh, so I'm glad I, I went through that experience. Hmm. Yeah, it's amazing how you can learn from past experiences, and then when you see it come up again, how much more comfortable you are in addressing that situation and making it making it better. Then you probably would have if you were younger or you probably would have if you didn't experience it before. So, yeah, I could see how that could be. Uh, I could see how that could be problematic and I could see how that can actually be a, a sort of a feather in the cap when you actually come across that same situation again and make the right decision. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kudos to you for that. Uh, let me see. So I'm seeing Dreamers podcast, but I'm seeing this uh, this name Super Joe Pardo as well. So what is that to you? Uh, well, you know, some people like to think that, uh, I, and very few people that I might add, anyone that, that, that hasn't gotten to know me at least, um, might think that I came up with that term, uh, for myself. And, and I didn't. If you go to my about page, you can see why it says why Super Joe. And it says way back in 2006, one of my best friends who I consider a brother, uh, drew this image and you could see it. Uh, it actually, oh, yeah, he drew this image and left it on my desk at work. He used to work in the same office with me at my, at my parents or my dad's, uh, family's company. And, um, it, it said, uh, it was basically like a Superman drawing, uh, that said SJ on it. And next to it said Super Joe. So I asked him, I said, you know, what, <laughs> why did you, why did you draw this? And, and I, I mean, I don't, uh, I kind of forgot all about it. It wasn't until, uh, I think it was like 20, the beginning of 2016 that I decided, like I had registered it maybe in 2014 or 2015, but, but I didn't do anything with it because I was like, ah, this is just a fun, like, you know, domain that forwards to my site. Um, 
And in 2016, when I did the complete rebranding of myself, um, I took the domain and, and ran with it. Um, and and he said that uh, the reason he drew I he drew the Super Joe Pardo image because it represents Joe's seemingly superhuman talent to excel at everything he does. The dedication and mastery he's achieved through his many pursuits demonstrate that uh, once you've mastered yourself, the sky is indeed the limit. And um, you know, I so so I you know I, I tr- it, it's funny that it comes that you're bringing it up because. Uh, why I, I to this point I haven't called myself that like I don't refer to myself that on the <laughs> show like people like you like you did at the beginning of the show refer mm-hmm. to me uh, as that and and I appreciate that that you know it means a lot to me because I I work really really hard at what I do to produce the best result not just for me not just for my family but everyone involved I I try to create winning situations for everyone because the only way I see myself winning is if I can make everyone around me win um and that's something that goes back to being in high school like thinking like you know when I at the time like with the whole DJing thing like I was like you know I want this DJing to be my saxophone, you know, to like Bill Clinton's saxophone, uh, th- to open those connections and break down those barriers to help all the people that I know uh, excel at whatever they're trying to do, whether it's a connection or, or you know, whatever it is that they're looking for to out of life. Mm. And isn't it isn't it ironic? The best nicknames seem to derive seem to come up from when best friends either poke fun at you or see something in you that you don't see in yourself. And that's to me, this sounds like the latter. And that is so great. That is so great. Cause I was like, okay, a person who calls himself that would it have to, it would have to be one of two things. Either the person is extremely conceited, <laughs> but considering that what I've heard about you, that doesn't really fit or others really think highly of him. So obviously you have people who think highly of you. And uh, I, I always when you said that uh, you want that you want to shine when you make others shine, it almost makes me think going to sports. It almost, almost makes me think of the position of point guard, that the greatest point guards actually are glorified because they make the other four positions better by their presence alone. So I totally get that. And the fact you have that type of mentality is wonderful. And it's tied oh, to a good you. name. It's even better. I like that. Thank right. you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like it's, it, you know, it, it's not just about what I can do and produce, but it's, it's for what I can do, not just for other people, but to, to hold those other people up and, and make them better at what they want. Um, you know, I, I just do, I just do what I can. <laughs> yeah. And believe me, I've had conversations with others who have talked to you and that's exactly the, that's exactly the feeling they have about you. And, I mean, I literally have not heard one negative thing said about you. And I'm not saying this because you're on my show. I really am. I'm saying that because I really mean it. Everything I've heard about you is impossible. Everything. Man, you're going to make me cry over over here. (laughs) Well, thank you. Uh, Oh, no problem. So you started Dreamers Podcast in May of 2014. You started something else that year, too. So would you care to explain what you also started in 2014 podcast related? Yeah. So uh, one of the things growing up, my, my grandfather, even going back to the very early 80s, like 81, 82, um, he used to do a vendor show where all the vendors that he dealt with would would come to like a hall, like a 
catering hall and uh, they would set up their booths to show off the latest technology and latest things. And, and you get to meet the representatives from the companies. And it really grew into over time. It grew into this thing where it's like, it's only one night long. It's only like six hours long, mm-hmm. but there would be like a thousand people that would come through um by the end of the night so yeah and it would also include fr- uh, a free buffet it was kind of like you know my my grandfather wasn't big into the whole like let's give them free notepads and pens and and all like hats and things um we would do this one big celebration every every year same time as uh uh was it the the wednesday after valentine's day Mm. or the maybe it was the wednesday right before valentine's day i i I don't recall off the top of my head but um but you know that that uh experience of 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 being around event running where like you have all these people coming for and it was also open bar like completely free open bar uh the buffet food was was like pretty it wasn't it wasn't just like hamburgers and hot dogs it was like seafood newberg and uh you know a, a pretty big spread so um you know having that experience of how to run an event uh translated into my computer gaming world where i held a lot of LAN parties uh that's local area network parties where everybody brings their computers together and they play games competitively against each other um in my in my high school years uh and 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 beyond my high school years i mean we i was part of a team that held uh a 512 person LAN party uh, so I, you know, it scales all the way up and, um, I've held up like a couple of raves over the years, like whatever I was into, I always wanted to bring people together. So when I, uh, I was in Florida and there was a, 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 a like a, a relatively small podcasters meetup and it just happened to be, well, it wasn't a meetup, it was like a, a full day conference, um, in, in Disney. And I just happened to be down there and at the time, you know, go figure. Uh, so I left my, all my friends and stuff for, for, uh, a day, went and hung out and met a whole bunch of people. I'm still f- close friends with, with many of them. Um, and, and, uh, when I got back, I was, I was like, man, you know, I, 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 let me go see if there's like anything that's pulling this area together, like the whole, let's say Northeast. And there wasn't. So I was like, well, let's call, you know, the Middle Atlantic Podcast Conference or MapCon for short. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started it in, uh, in December. And by, I think it was March or February of the next year. So of 2015, we held a, we held a meetup in New York City and, uh, we had like, I don't know, like 15 people show up. Uh, something something somewhere between like 13 and 15 people anyway uh i was like all right great this is awesome you know what let's hold a conference by the end of the year we held our first conference in a school gymnasium that i was actually teaching podcasting uh at the school at a after it was an after school program uh to middle schoolers i did like 10 classes and they got to run their own podcast at the end of the year um and in exchange for that i got to have the the gym for a day um, we had, uh, close to, it was like, I think it was like 45 or 50 people was like the final total. Um, and that was into the end of 2015, September, 2015. Uh, and, and yeah, everybody had an amazing time. It was a, it was a really great event. Um, I mean, it was a great event for being held in a, a school gymnasium, right? There was nowhere to really go talk because the gymnasium was so open. Um, so there was really not a lot of place for people to network, but I had people come as from as far as, uh florida uh who else atlanta mm. uh i don't think we had anyone from california the first year but the second year we had people from california washington south dakota 
uh, Florida, Texas, uh, Atlanta. Like we, we had people coming from all over, uh, for the second year, but the second year we held it in a hotel, which is where we hold it now in Swedesboro, which is like 10 minutes from my house <laughs> conveniently. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's great. I mean, convenience is a wonderful thing. And I, I can honestly tell you, uh, uh, shout out to the podcast discovery center. Uh, one of the yeah. administrators, uh, yeah, one of the administrators, Anthony Hayes, uh, talked about his experience there and he raved about it so much last year that when he went to it this year, he was jazzed about three or four months before he had to go up there. So yeah, he, he really loved his experience. And that's when that was the first time I actually got turned on to you. I was like, okay, who is this Joe Pardo guy? And wow, he must be putting on this great thing and. He must be, he must be something in the podcast, podcast world. Okay. Well, let me pay attention to him. And as I said earlier, the, the stuff that I've heard has been wonderful. And the stuff I heard about MapCon, uh, it's been wonderful too. Uh, and, and to the point where earlier in this show, uh, <laughs> you invited me and I definitely would love to take that invitation up and be in that area because uh, the stuff that I have heard others take with them when they, when they go to this, this conference is invaluable it's priceless and and it's a credit of course to the people who run it so you put on a good good platform and i'm so glad that you actually have a platform for others who can learn the learn the art of podcasting and learn that it can be a business learn that you can be creative in it and embrace all the aspects of podcasting so i i tip my cap to you for that well thank you yeah yeah, so let me see. You are a conference founder. You have a podcast. Hmm. Uh, seemingly the month of September has been really busy for you. Uh, <laughs> this came off of the last MapCon. Uh, you just uh, announced to me that you announced that uh, you and your wife are expecting. Uh, you also decided to tweak Dreamers podcast. Uh, so uh, what is that about? Well, uh, so it's been three and a half years. Um, I uh, amazingly enough, and I, I didn't, I mean, I wasn't expecting it, but I was nominated for a, uh, a, the, uh, podcast awards in the business category. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the 12th annual podcast awards. If you haven't heard of it, go to podcastawards.com, check out all the, the, you know, the people that competed and the winners. And I, you know, the same day that we did our, our reveal party that we're having our first boy, um, I, I, you know, it was that night that the, the podcast awards was international podcast day mm-hmm. and they, they, uh, it was eight, like eight o'clock at night and, Almost everyone had left except for, uh, like my mom and, 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 uh, my stepdad. So we're, uh, I really was, I really wasn't expecting to win. I, I, I honestly <laughs> thought that, uh, somewhat the, uh, Eric Fisher of the Beyond the To Do list was going to win. His show is always at the top of like what's hot in business. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, amazingly enough, I, I won. I, I was shocked. Mm. Um, you can watch a video of that day, the gen, how we did the general reveal and, and then that night, uh, winning the, the award and my acceptance speech. And, um, you know, I, I, why change it now? Right. Right. I, you know, I just won an award. Like I should be basking it. The, the truth of the matter is, is I had been thinking about changing the show name for a while. In fact, about six months ago, seven months ago, I actually, um, 
changed the name of Dreamers Podcast a little bit by adding a subtitle. Uh, it used to be like something like the lawns, like inspir- you know, inspiration from those who live their dreams or something like that. But but I but I, what I really came to realize is that the show really is a, has a, a business slant to it. Um, no matter who I'm in, 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 uh, interviewing because of the questions that I ask and how I ask it and the, co- the way the conversations go. So I added um, Dreamers Podcast Business Lessons from Those Who Live Their Dreams. And when I did that, like I, my downloads went up like double. Um, and, and I, and I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like it's, and it's still going up and up and up. Uh, but I knew that I wanted to get to a point where the show was, the, the name was going to change. I just wasn't sure what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, now the show isn't changed, you know, the show hasn't changed at all. Um, right. same question, same format, same, uh, everything, but the, but the artwork has changed and the description has changed and the, the title has changed. So now it's going to be, uh, the business podcast featuring Super Joe Pardo. Um, so I'm, I'm taking on the, the moniker, uh, that I didn't start out calling myself that. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like, uh, having the confidence to do it and because I am being confident in myself of, you know, walking that line of, um, you know, like, like I, and I've, I've thought a lot about this recently. Uh, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, Joe, you're so nice and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, I know, but like, you know, nice guys finish last. And I don't, I don't <laughs> consider myself really like a nice guy so much as, uh, and they're like, well, you're humble. And I'm like, mm, no, I, I really don't want to be humble because that means I have low self esteem. And, and that's mm. really not the case. Um, and, and maybe I don't do a good job of like exuding that. But uh, I, I, I feel I'm an empathetic person because I, I, I try to put myself in other people's shoes and see things from different perspectives. It's one of the uh, 31 life-changing concepts in my first book, uh, seeing things from different perspectives and, and being empathetic. I mean, it sounds like a, a, it sounds like a bad word. It's like, oh, you're pathetic. Um, but it's <laughs> being in tune with other people and, and how they feel and how they receive you. Um, you know, and, and how I receive myself, you know, I, I always, uh, remind people like, look, it's when you're doing, um, really like when you're doing anything, uh, that might be videoed or, or, or pictures, like it's not so much about what your, your, um, what you look like at the moment, but it, it, you have to keep in mind that like whatever you're doing, if it's photographed or videoed, like other people are going to see it at some point. And so it's really important to, to, you know, keep yourself in check. So, you know, look, I, look, I have avoided using that, that name for myself or introducing myself as that. Um, but you know, I, I feel like I, I earn it too. You know, I, I'm writing my fourth book, uh, working on a fifth book as well, uh, with Dr. Jeff Barnes. Uh, I, I work at a, uh, you know, a few days a week, I work at a nonprofit, uh, with, uh, with, youth from Camden, New Jersey, which is one of the uh, toughest cities for youth to grow up in. Uh, it's it's regularly on the most violent uh, cities, uh, crime-laden cities in, in America. Um, you know, I, I, I feel that I definitely walk the walk um, and that I deserve to have the confidence to, to, uh, to not just be able to call myself that, but to call myself that and and not care that someone is going to be like, oh, this guy's totally full of himself. And, mm. and, you know, may, hey, 
maybe they get to a point where I, I am. I don't know. I, you know, that's not a path that I've walked and I will have to, you know, navigate that when I get there. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is if you're, if you're really vigilant about what you're doing and believe in what you're doing and you have other people to back up what you're doing, then it must be what's, you know, if it like walks like a duck and talks like a duck, well, then it must be a duck. Right. Yeah. And I agree with that. I agree with that. Man, you have a lot on your plate, but, uh, <laughs> but you, you seem to be a lot to many people. And, and the, th- the thing about being human is that it, we're not meant to be perfect. We're not, we're, we're not built to be, uh, error free. I mean, we, we're going to make our errors. We're going to upset people. That's unfortunate, but that's just a lot for all of us. I mean, you know, we don't want to do that. We strive not to do that, but you're going to. But when you look at the full scope of it all, it is what are you doing and what have you done for others? And if the answer to that question is you've done a lot more for others than you have not done a lot for others, then you pretty much are, are a good egg. So, <laughs> you know, there you go. Uh, man, I mean, I, I actually would like to talk to you further. I would love to talk more with you, man, but I know your time is valuable and I got, I I got some you... more time, man. No, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good for a little while. If you're if you're good, I'm good. I don't know what your your time limit on your show is. Which, by the way, own your show and however long it needs to be, make it be. And I have an episode that's like I think three hours or three and a half hours or something like that because it just happened to be that long. Mm. So own own your show, man. Oh, I'm gonna have to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, well, I do have a few, few more questions to ask you though. Go ahead. Shoot. All right. What has been either your biggest regret or if you can't answer that question, what has been the biggest lesson you have learned in your life? Oh, in my whole life. Yes. Um, you know, and I know it's, it's stepped, it has stepped on my feet a lot over my, (laughs) over the course of my life. But the number one thing is, is, you know, the golden rule which is treat others as you would like to be treated. Um, you know, and uh, which, which isn't even necessarily true, right? The, the real golden rule is treat people how they want to be treated because you, just because you want to be treated a certain way doesn't necessarily mean that they want to be treated a certain way. Like right now, Ava is like looking at me from beyond the fence and she's like, yo, dad, let me, let me in here. Um, I can't push the button and lift the thing at the same time. Right. But you know, it's okay. She has her, she has her mom on there. Oh, but, um, but yeah, so, so it, it goes, it goes hand in hand, right? It, I think, and I think it comes down to, uh, <laughs> knowing, um, when to treat people the way you would like to be treated, which I think is like the, the initial, like when you first meet somebody, but shortly after that, you know, adju- uh, uh, assessing the situation and, and treating people the way, they would like to be treated uh, once you can figure that out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a level of maturity uh, when, because <clears throat> when you actually are, and you spoke to it earlier, uh, being empathetic, uh, when, when you apply the golden rule, that's really a little easier to apply. You know, well, you know, I think I deserve to be treated well. So if I think I deserve to be treated well, I should treat others well too. Yeah, that's easy. Uh, when you slip on the shoes of somebody else, and you learn how they think they should be treated well, then you go about and you learn how they are, what their likes are, what their dislikes are. And you learn that, well, okay, they like this. I particularly don't. 
hmm, but if they like this, okay, I'll be about that. And that, and that it does take some empathy. So a that's a really, that's a really good point. That is a really good point. Wow. I like that one. And the, and the denim to the golden rule. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Flipping the coin. What has been in all of the accomplishments that we have talked about in this program? What has been your greatest one? Oh, man. I mean, just of the ones that we've talked about or outside of that? You can, I, I'll, 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 I'll make this real easy for you. You could talk about all the accomplishments with, uh, you could talk about the greatest accomplishments that you've, uh, that, uh, you have made in the stuff that we covered. And you could talk about the greatest overall accomplishment too. I'm, I'm going to say, uh, there's a couple, right? I, I think that the, the ability to, uh, to find the courage and the, and the strength to, uh, to, um, to leave my family's business, uh, you know, like not many people get to say that they've left a company that's worth a hundred million dollars. Um, you know, I think business wise, that's, that's the big one. Uh, the, the other big one, well, that's, that's more of like a life one, right? Uh, the other big one is the, uh, hold hold on one second. Sure. sure. All right. Sorry. Um, uh, was the, you know, Manipulating the inventory, uh, you know, down from six million to to just on shy of three um, in 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 less than two years' time is, you know, I, that I think is one of the biggest uh, accomplishments from a business standpoint. Uh, another big accomplishment uh, was, you know, finding finding my wife and uh, and and having her uh, stick around, you know, and and uh, not. <laughs> not move on uh from me and we actually today's our anniversary so so uh yeah five years uh being married uh we'll be together 10 years in uh march 2nd i think it's march 2nd i'm pretty sure it's march 2nd um yeah so it's it's um you know that to me was a big accomplishment because i it 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 took it took a lot to find a person <laughs> that that could that could keep up and uh and put up with the fact that I'm I'm constantly going for the next thing or or striving for something bigger better uh when it comes to uh what I can produce you know uh, I I'm not really a, a big on the whole like uh the most toys kind of thing um right. Or, or the biggest of houses, like I, I'm actually more of a min- I try to be more of a more of a minimalist than than anything. But uh, but having somebody that can at least go from like accomplishment to accomplishment or or, or goal to goal and uh, keep up is uh, it's it's really a, a blessing, and and I'm really fortunate to to have someone who who understands and gets it. Well, it is a beautiful thing to have a life partner who understands you, and along with understanding you. Um, encouraging you to be the best self you can be. So yeah, definitely is a, that definitely is a great accomplishment. And, uh, I definitely am happy that you say that your wife is one of them. That, that is, that is something to be said. All right. So this is the time of the show where I allow the guests to have either a parting shot or if they want to plug something or all of the above, whatever's in your heart, your spirit, your soul, or your mind, the floor is yours well thank you so much first off for having me have me on your show uh you know i uh i i th- it was a it was a long t- well it felt like a, it feels like a long time ago but it actually wasn't that long ago that you know i i, I always uh 
said that I, I'd ma- try to make as much time as I can for, you know, to be on other people's shows and, and, um, do, you know, do as much as I can. Like, uh, I, like, I, I know I've had people on my show that just never shared their episode out or anything like that. So, like, I, uh, I'm, I'm happy that to, to oblige and, and take the time to, uh, to, to be a guest. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, if you're, if you're, if you're in the, if you're, if you have a business, uh, you know, I personally, I, I focus on the top that stands for team offer and process. Um, I think those th- three things are really crucial to, to success. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, if you're if you're interested in that kind of thing, you should reach out to me uh, at superjoepardo.com. You can check out my consulting page. You can check out all the courses I have, books. Uh, I have three books that I've written. Working on my fourth, which is called "Sales Will Not Save Your Business." Focus on the top. Um, and I have a fifth book that I'm working on. Uh, like I said earlier, that's related to uh, to to Walt Disney. <laughs> uh, working with Dr. Jeff Barnes, who wrote the Wisdom of Walt. And his second book actually just came out, uh, which I think is called Beyond the Wisdom of Walt. Um, anyway, I, uh, you know, check out my podcast, which is now called The Business Podcast. You can get it at thebusinesspodcast.com. That's two E's, not one, uh, for the. And go, uh, go check out my videos too. I have business lessons there. Uh, I try to put one up at least once a week, uh, about different topic. Um, usually they're about two to three minutes long, but they're shot in a vlog style format. So it's wherever I'm at when I'm, you know, when the inspiration hits me and I try to tell a story with it and I incorporate my life into it. So if you, if you watch them consecutively, you'll see like you, you can follow along with where I'm at, what I'm doing. Um, even though it's really, really short and, and bite sized for, cause I know business owners are super busy. Um, and yeah, reach out, like send me a message, uh, any of the Facebook, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, email. It's, it's at super Joe Pardo or Joe at super Joe Pardo.com. Uh, however, just go to the website, super You'll get everything. <laughs> yes. And if, uh, you don't want to search there, we will have all of that in the show notes as well. <sighs> okay. Let's get the tongue ready. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Author, conference organizer, entrepreneur. Podcast host, podcast, <laughs> podcast ex- executive producer, uh, consultant, all around nice guy, philanthropist, and a Disney fan and DJ. Super Joe Pardo. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, I really appreciate you, uh, you taking the, taking what the other people said to heart and, uh, reaching out and not looking at the Super Joe Pardo moniker and thinking, oh man, this guy must be totally full of himself. <laughs> it must be why his eyes are brown. I'm, oh, I'm no. just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. The one thing when I was interviewing Joe that just popped in my head was the feeling of reinvention and change. He could have been very happy being in the family business and take it over and do what, well, his family would love for him to do. But Joe said, no, no, I I can't do that. I have to do what's in my heart. And in a way, he reinvented himself. And that's a good thing because you have to understand what makes you happy. Otherwise, you would provide a disservice to everybody who's around you. The Bible says, Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever 
Now, what does that mean by change? The wonderful thing about change is it is constant. It is everlasting, but you still have a foundation throughout all of any change or any reinvention that you may do. There is still that firm foundation that you have. And his name is Jesus. And it's comforting to know that you're tapping into either another side or a greater side of yourself and a greater purpose on this earth when you do change and reinvent yourself. And that lesson just permeated all throughout this episode. Many thanks to Joe Pardo or Super Joe Pardo (laughs) for changing the world one conversation at a time. I am Cole Johnson and this has been Revelations. For more on Revelations, go to Pippa, spelled P-I-P-P-A dot I-O, and milehighradio.com, spelled M-I-L-E-H-I-R-A-D-I-O. Every Saturday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Pacific.